Well, good morning and welcome to Journey. Uh, my name is Randy, and I want to I just echo what uh, Jake has said. You know, um, we, we, every church goes through transitions, but we're so blessed uh, in that RAF, and um, uh, we were able to have an overlap between RAF and Jake. And uh, I don't know, you guys, if you have kids, you know that was probably the smoothest transition that, that uh, we've ever had, and uh, we've been blessed. And uh, Jake is an awesome guy. What you see is what you get. He's the real deal, and uh, he loves our kids, and he's got a great vision for them. So I would encourage you, uh, you know, join hands uh, as a parent, as a sponsor. If you uh, have a passion for that, uh, show up tonight, and, uh, and I know you're going to get blessed by investing in these young people. They are not only the future of our church, they're the, the present of our church as well. Uh, so we want to encourage them and uh, just encourage you as well. Well, guys, uh, welcome today. Uh, you know, you are, uh, uh, it always amazes me when I, when I see this uh, weather pattern moving in for the weekend, you know, uh, the heart of a preacher always falls like, oh, you know, it's not going to be anybody there, everybody's going to stay home, where it's warm, nobody wants to get out. But you guys always amaze me and just uh, so awesome. Uh, when God calls you up out of bed, rise and shine, and, uh, or at least rise anyway, and uh, come out and worship. So we're glad, we're glad you're here. That's what I always told my kids, rise and shine. If you can't shine, you got to rise anyway. So out of bed. Uh, so that's kind of what we got to do. Uh, we're in this series now for a couple of weeks here called The Journey. And, uh, you know, we believe that the Christian life uh, is a life to be lived with purpose, with excitement, anticipation, and challenge. And so we're taking some time the first of the year here to kind of uh, address those things. Our purpose, add some excitement, build some anticipation, and throw a challenge at you as well. What, what it means to be a part of our church, what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and how you can get on board and be a part of that, and, and talk about our mission and our vision, and to recast that for 2018. You know, if you haven't heard by now, our mission as a church is to move people on a simple journey toward Jesus. I've always heard that. When you're tired of saying it, people are just starting to hear it. And so I don't know if you have heard that. I'm almost tired of saying it, but I'm not going to stop because I want us to remember that, kind of ingrain that in our mind, not only in our mind, but also in our hearts, uh, so that that becomes what our life is all about, not only as a church, but as individuals. And I believe that every man, woman, and child that ever created was made for a relationship with God, kind of a core belief that we have there. And as Christians, we believe that the only way to have that relationship with God is by giving our life to Christ and connecting to God through Jesus Christ. So our church, we kind of exist to reveal Christ to a world that doesn't know God, that's separated from God, to help them accept Christ as Lord and Savior, and then to, to provide an ongoing growth plan as well as opportunities for you to grow. So that's kind of what we're all about. And we're not, we're not exclusive as a church in that. Many churches are trying to do that, but we have our approach, and I want to share some of that with you today. Our vision of the way that we want to do that is to lead people to love God, to love other people, and to become a disciple or a follower of Christ who in turn leads others to become followers or disciples of Christ themselves. Now, where do we come up with that? We call that kind of our vision, how we want to accomplish our mission how do we come up with that? Well, it comes from a good place. It comes from God's Word. Here's what the Bible says in Matthew 22. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So love God and love people. Those are two pretty core commandments. The first and second most important priorities of any life, God says. And then Jesus goes on to say what is the second part of that uh, 
uh, vision that we have. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. See, the Bible says that whenever we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we enter relationship, in, and then the Bible calls it a covenant relationship, in contrast to a contract that you might have with someone to protect yourself. A covenant is to help the other person. We're in a covenant relationship with God where God promises to forgive us of our sins and to give us a home in heaven, and we promise to let him be in charge of our lives. That's what a covenant relationship is all about. And we enter in that covenant relationship through Jesus Christ. And once we make a commitment to Christ, we give him control of our life. We surrender. We let him call the shots so that we follow him and in turn, what we become what the Bible calls a disciple or an imitator of Christ. You know, the word Christian basically means a little Christ, an imitator of Christ. And so that's what our job, our responsibility is as, as Christians. And that is that we are to go out and adopt and continue his mission of connecting people to God. That we go out and we make disciples or followers of Christ. That includes telling them about Jesus, which was the first part of the Great Commission, baptizing them, which is a core part of coming into Christ, and then spending time with them, investing in them, helping them to grow in their faith, and in turn, to help them make more disciples. You see, God wants everyone to have the opportunity to know Jesus. The Bible says that God isn't willing that anyone should perish, but everyone should come to Christ. Now, I want to challenge you to take on that as your mission and as your vision. In other words, we want you to do that individually. I think a lot of times we just think the church is going to take care of that, professionals will take care of it, but God says, no, your life mission needs to be the same mission as the church. Your life mission needs to be as an individual to go out and to tell people about Jesus, to baptize people. I love it when people baptize others, other than me, other than our staff. I want to tell you there's nothing that, that builds up your heart in becoming a believer or, or makes you grow more, I believe, than leading someone to Christ and baptizing them. It is a rush, whether it's your child, whether it's a friend, a parent, doesn't matter who it is, because you're being exactly what God's called you to be and do as a follower, make other disciples. So we encourage people to lead others to Christ and then baptize them as well. We also understand that that's our job as a church. And I think a lot of times churches kind of get distracted about their job is. Our job is to move people on a simple journey toward Jesus. That's why we changed our name to Journey, so that we would never forget that there is a beginning, there's an introduction to Jesus, there are steps to take, and there is a destination. But i got to be honest, I don't think sometimes we think about the church like that. For a lot of people, we think about the church as an obligation, going to church. We think about the church as being something we go and do, and we check that box for the week, and then we check it next week, and after a while we get a habit to where we just come and we show up, and unless that habit's uh, interrupted by some other activity that seems more important at the time, we just go and we check off the box week after week. But we don't think about the fact that God's called us not just to show up, but God's called us to move in our relationship with Him. And so we want to you know, understand that, that God does it, is never going to be satisfied with where you are. He wants more from you. He wants you to grow in your faith, and He's always calling us to take our next step. So we want to help you on your journey. You know, statistics show us that 82% of the people, what they expect from the church is not just a place to show up, not just a good show on Sunday, but they expect people to be led closer to Christ. You want the church to help you develop a personal relationship with Jesus. 
And we want to help you do that because we believe there's an emptiness in our hearts without that. The Bible tells us that there's an open place, there's a God-shaped void that only can be filled with the personal relationship with Christ. But we also believe that that decision has to be on your part. And you have to be somewhat self-motivated for that as well. And the Bible says the love of Christ compels us, but we have to be personally compelled. And we respect you enough to say, are you willing to do what God wants? Are you willing to make that step? Or are you content to stay where you are? So the question we always have to ask is, are you ready to move? Are you ready to move? Because you, we can't move you, and even God won't move you unless you're willing to take those steps yourself. You know, last week we kind of introduced a spiritual growth plan, and you guys received uh, last week one of these when you came in. A lot of you did. But if you weren't here last week and you didn't get one, we want to get one in your hands. So I'm going to ask a couple of the guys, if you would, in the back. There's a pile of them there. If you did not get one of these last week, uh, and you have lost yours, or maybe you lost it, and you don't have one, uh, raise your hand up real quick, and we're going to have our guys pass one out. There's no shame at all in doing this, all right? Even if you were here last week and you didn't get one, uh, we want you to have one of these. So there's some up here up front. Uh, everybody needs one of these. I went over this last week. I'm not going to redo that again because you guys can read, and I'm not going to repeat it. But let me just look at, let me look real quickly at six things in this that you need to kind of recognize. What we've done is we have kind of put some bullet points, and we have six items here, six things that we're challenging you to look at and challenge yourself to do for 2018, six areas of growth. One of them is in Sunday worship. We're encouraging you to make a commitment to be here on Sunday because if you're not here, you don't hear what God may be speaking to your heart. You don't hear the vision of the church. You don't, hear, uh, you don't experience the worship of the body. You can get a chance to share in communion. So we're challenging you to make that commitment. The second one is in our groups, our journey groups. We're encouraging everyone to be a part of a group somewhere, a community of people where you can connect and build relationships. The third part is to share uh, in spiritual growth. We're asking you to make a commitment that you're going to spend time as much as possible, as God will give you grace to do, every day in the Bible. Even a verse or two of the Bible, just reading it, spending a few moments of reflection, and then in prayer time with God. The fourth request or challenge is in evangelism, that you are willing to say, I will have spiritual conversations as God gives me opportunity, and I will invite people to come and worship. The fifth area is in service. You, you know, you've been gifted, and we're going to help you discover later on this year about some of your giftedness. Um, are you serving? Are you doing anything with those gifts? So there's a place to accept the challenge to do that. And the sixth area is in generosity. God has blessed you, and we're encouraging you, if you have not, never given anything, that sometime this year make a gift, make a, a donation to God. Uh, secondly, if you have given and, and you don't give regularly or, or sacrificially, we're encouraging you to do that. And if you do that, then we encourage you to take the next step to be a tithe. And maybe you already tithe, and your next step might be to go, go above and beyond that. So God's always calling us uh, to the next challenge. Inside the little brochure, there are two cards. And uh, I told you last week, if you were here, uh, fill out both of them. Take one home with you. Put it up on your mirror, your refrigerator, or whatever. The other one we ask you to put in one of the baskets or boxes at the door. And what this will do, not that we're going to tally it up and we're going to, you know, call you out or anything, but we're going to send this back to you mid-year to remind you of your commitment. So I want to encourage you. Some of you turned those in last year or last week. Uh, if you did not do that, turn it in today. I know I saw someone brought those back this morning already. Uh, if you need another week to pray about it, you can do that. 
and bring it back next week. But we want to encourage you to do that. I think this could be a big step in your journey to make this type of commitment. We want to do everything that we can possibly do to help you and encourage you to move and to grow. So please take advantage of that opportunity, if you will. You see, we believe that God is calling us as a church to move people. And for the last five years or so, we've been kind of focused on this process of trying to pull this together. I know five years seems like a long time, but let me tell you, in the church world, it takes a while to get things moving. Just it really does. And so we're kind of trying to take some next steps in that this year. Last year, we participated in a survey. A few of you did, not as many as I wish, but a few of you did, that helps us see where our people are in their journey. And what we discovered is that in this journey uh, that we're all on, there are four categories that we find ourselves in. Again, we're not trying to buttonhole anybody and put you in a group, but just the reality is that all of us are somewhere in our walk, our journey with Christ. The first group that we identified is exploring Christ. And that is that there are people in our church, obviously, who have a basic belief in God, but they don't really understand who Jesus is and what his part is in the situation. You know, I, I have a, a, a time that I spend with uh, individuals that, that we just talk about who God is. That's the first step. And then we have to understand what Jesus' role is in your life. The second category is, is growing in Christ. These are people who have crossed the line of faith. They've accepted Christ, given their life to Him, and they're kind of understanding what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to grow. So they're kind of getting an idea of who Jesus is and what the Bible says about being a Christian. And the third category is, is close, close to Christ. These are people who rely daily on Christ and turn to Him for help and guidance in life. And then the fourth category are people who are Christ-centered. These are older Christians usually who would identify their relationship with Christ as the most important relationship in their life. More important than family or friends or anything else. They are a child of God. That's their number. They're Christ-centered. And our survey, interesting, our survey realized of those who took it that in our church we have 4% of our people who are in the, the uh, exploring Christ. 4%. That we have 44% of people who are in the growing Christ category 24% in the close to Christ, and 28% who would say that they're in the Christ-centered category of their life. Now, that's, that's kind of interesting, and it's appropriate, uh, appropriate. Every church should have people in all four of those categories. But as we think about them, we can always see that there's always a next step for us to take. And what's very rewarding for me is seeing people come into Christ, explore Christ, give their life to Christ, begin growing in Christ, become closer to Christ, and then to see them take the steps to really center their life on Jesus Christ. And you know what? These four groups are not unique to us. In fact, they pretty much describe everyone who's interested in knowing who Jesus is, from the very beginning to those who have been at it for a long time. And the other thing is that they really are a continuum. In other words, we kind of move into one exploring, and then we move directly from one to the other at different rates of progress. So I would encourage you, like I did last week, to think about which of these groups would best describe you. In the next couple of weeks or so, we're going to talk more about them, and we're going to talk specifically, practically, how do you move from one category to another? Not that we're trying to, you know, progress through groups or anything, but, but what does the movement look like from one of these groups to another? Now, let me tell you, there's a lot of factors that, that make a difference in this. There's a lot of things that are pretty important. One of them is basically how interested in, in, in this you are and how committed you are. You know, there are people who come and they, 
somewhat want to know about Jesus. They're curious about Jesus, but it, it never really moves them to the point to do anything about it. You know, you might have a passing interest in a lot of subjects, but if you never pursue that subject and commit to it, you're not going to know a lot about it. So we're going to encourage you, if you're exploring Christ, to really commit yourself to the process, the pursuit of Jesus. Another issue that's pretty important is what's going on in your world. You know, what's happening in your world? If you're, you're a person and you've got another interest that's conflicting and that's going to take you out of church, going to take you out of the Bible for six months of the year, it's going to be kind of hard for you to grow, to be honest with you. You're going to jump in, you're going to jump out. It's not really going to be continuous, and it's hard to have a growing relationship when you're in and out. Another thing is how much do we let the world dictate our progress? You know, how, much, how, many, how do we let the, the weeds of the world, do we allow them to crowd into our mind? I'm going to tell you, you know, we all have room and time in our life for whatever's important to us. You know, I know people, I'll say, I don't have time for that. And then I find myself sitting down and watching TV for three or four hours a day. And if I can do that, I can do anything else. I can learn a new language. <laughs> if that was important to me, I could, I could read my Bible more. I could, you know, take a, a course and get a degree. Whatever I'm, whatever's important to me, I can do because we all have the same amount of time to do it. But we have to decide how important is it to us to grow in our relationship with God. But I will tell you above all of those factors, I think the greatest, greatest factor in determining this is how open we are to God's Holy Spirit moving in our lives. By far, it is the most important thing. If you are willing to open your heart up and let God, and surrender to Him and let God lead, God will make you grow exponentially. You know, I've seen that happen in people's lives. I've seen people come to know Jesus and their walk with Him just continues to grow so rapidly. I'll tell you, uh, someone that really, uh, really struck me is, is Raph Gonzalez. A lot of us knew Raph. We knew Raph when he came to our church, and, and he was not a follower of Jesus. He was, a, he was exploring Christ, but he jumped in. And when he jumped in, he jumped in with everything. He committed uh, to, to studying the Bible daily. He committed to um, being involved in a group. Uh, he was involved soon, very quickly jumped into serving. You know, before that, but, you know, he just step after step until eventually uh, God called him into ministry. Now, that's not going to happen with everybody, but it's a great example of how someone over a very few short years just grew exponentially because he just opened his heart up to what God might do. And, uh, and that was an, it's an amazing story, a beautiful story, but God wants to do similar things in our life. And God will do those things if we're open to Him. God is going to do what He wants and what we allow Him to do. And so what we have to do is we have to kind of cast the vision of movement to you and to create an environment of growth. So we want to help you do that. So on our mission to move people on a simple journey toward Jesus with the vision of, of leading people to love God, love people, and make disciples who make disciples, we have to do our part. So here's how we plan to accomplish that. Here's how we want this to kind of un unfold. We believe our part is to create an environment where people can move. We want to get people moving. We want to help get you moving by prying you out of your contentment or your comfortable spot, wherever it may be, uh, and, and, and helping you to propel you forward. Now, now, the reality is I know that we all get in a comfort zone in every area of our life. We all get in a comfort zone in our health, you know, in, in, our, in our weight, and we're not comfortable, but we're content because we don't do anything about it. We get in a comfort zone with our job, in our marriages, in every relationship. We get in this comfort zone, and we could call it a rut, and maybe that's where it is. Uh, but, uh, 
uh, we gotta, we got to rock ourselves out of it. we got to get out of this comfort zone spiritually. So we want to help get you moving uh, by intentionally creating some next steps for people to take and give you the opportunities to do that. Let me give you a couple examples of, uh, of some that we can do that. One of them is going to happen in about uh, 45 minutes. Uh, in about 45 minutes, we're going to have a 101 class, which is an introduction to our church. And, and Tony's going to lead that class, and he's going to talk about our church. He's going to talk about our values. He's going to talk about what we believe, answer any questions you may have. For some of you, that might be a next step. And a lot of times we offer that to people who are, are new, and, and we do every week. But maybe you've been here a while, and maybe you've just been checking the boxes. And you need to go in that class and find out, what's my next step? What do I do? What do we really believe? And how can I embrace that and, and be a part of that? We offer that at 11 every other Sunday. That may be your next step. For others, we have journey groups. Our groups are open. We're constantly adding people to our groups. And we've got some new groups that are going to be forming. We've got some people that are going to be adding to groups just in the next week or so. We want you to think about and pray about a journey group. We're also going to be developing a growth track to help you take the next step wherever you may be in your walk. We're going to help you develop and, and discover and develop your spiritual gifts and your passions. Now, how do you do that? Well, we have a way that we can, uh, can let you take a short survey that will kind of assess uh, your spiritual gift and passion. We're going to be doing that this year and giving you a chance to discover that and then plug into areas of service and, uh, and passion that you have. We're going to encourage you to serve in our graded ministries. You know, right now we have several adults who, who spend their first hour of worship uh, back worshiping with the students, and then they come here a second hour to worship. We, we want to encourage you to work in our graded ministries. Uh, Jake is opening up some time tonight for people to serve in our student ministries. We have our first impressions that we need people to be a part of. We, we have awesome worship ministry uh, that we need people to help in the, the worship uh, instruments, singing, technology, whatever that may be, where you're gifted. There are a lot of areas that you could be involved in. We have outreach ministries uh, to our community. We have a lot of other opportunities that we, that we serve. We will invite you to come and be a part of that. We want you to move. Every time you get outside of your comfort zone, you do something new, that moves you a little bit. It moves you to do something for God and for others, but also it moves you in your spiritual walk. The second thing we really want to do is to embed the Bible in everything. The Bible is premier and, and, and upfront in everything we do. Why? Because the Bible is the, reading the Bible is the number one catalyst for growth. It's the most important thing you could possibly do to grow spiritually. That's why we want to encourage you to read it every day of your life. We want to be a Bible preaching, a Bible pushing, promoting, gospel sharing church. And we want that to be the, the lead in our church. What does the Bible say about that? Whatever the question comes up, we want the answer to be, well, whatever the Bible says about that, let's go find out. And we want to be faithful, once we know it, to obey it. Why? Because we believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God. It is the only source of truth and authority in our, in our world. There are all sorts of opinions out there. Things come and things go, but God's Word is the only thing that doesn't change. And that's why it's so important to us. Not only is it God's word and communication to us, but it is food literally to our spiritual body. It is what nourishes us. And that's why we have to have it daily to be healthy. Without it, we starve. The third thing we want to do is we want to create ownership. 
You know, some people talk about the church like your church. Sometimes people talk to me, well, you know, I like your church. Uh, they say that sort of thing as if it were really my church. It's not. It's, it's God's church. But, but even more so, it can be our church. You know, what I notice is that when people change their language from that's your church to my church, that's when they're starting to develop ownership. And we want you to love the church. You know, the Bible says that Jesus loved the church so much he died for it. Now, we're not asking you to, to die for your church. You probably won't have to do that. But we're asking you to love your church in such a way, to commit to the church and to value the church like Jesus did in, in all of our imperfections, kind of like family. You know, your family's not perfect, but you love them anyway. And the family of God isn't perfect, but God loves us, and we ought to love the family. And so we're encouraging you to take ownership and responsibility for our mission and vision. We're not throwing this out and saying, hey, we want to do this, and you guys watch us do it. We're saying, let's all do this. This is our church, God's church, a journey. Let's go and accomplish this mission and vision. Let's own this thing. And I encourage you to pray for the church. Part of my prayer is for the church, for the church body, for you individually, the people who are struggling, whatever their issue may be at the time, for our leaders, for our ministries, for our staff. I encourage you to pray for the church, to take ownership in the church. Because we're all in it together, and we want to partner with you in your journey and see your life, your habits, and your relationships change for the better. And here, here's the fourth thing we want to do to accomplish this. We want to pastor our community. We want to own this community. The community is where we live out our mission and vision. You know, it's not on some high-level plane that we're out there and we're not in touch with people. We live our mission and our vision out in our community. And we want to serve our community. But, you know, we, we want to do more than just go and do things for them. You know, back in the fall, we had an incredible Serve the City Day. Many of you were a part of that. And we did some great things for our community. I mean, we, we made things better. But, but really, we want to do more than just do things. We want to own this community. We don't want to dominate it, but we want to own it. We want to, we want to share with them and what's going on, you know? And we want to own the, hurt, the lostness of our community. Are there people in our community who are lost? Yes. Who does God hold accountable for that? You and I. We need to own that. Are there people in our community who are hurting? Yes. Whose fault is that? Well, maybe their own fault, but we can help them. We can minister to them. So we want to own some of that lostness and the hurting of our community. We want to take responsibility, and we want to offer initiative to resolve those issues. Now, can we solve all of our world's problems? Not on our own. But we can address some of them, and we have addressed some of them. Let me give you a couple examples of how we have done that and how we want to do more like this. The first thing that we've helped address in our community practically is just poverty. It's people who not only don't have anything, but also the, the needs of the working poor. And we've done that by establishing a ministry that, that is very significant in our community. The ministry is called Journey Provisions. And it is an awesome way for people to give back, for people to donate who have excess, which all of us do. But it's also a way to help uh, the working poor with low-cost options and use the proceeds to then benefit the community. And we've told you about this several times, but I wanted you to, you know, uh, I, I can't even remember all of the different um, organizations and ministries uh, and outreaches that we help through that ministry. So much is given away through this ministry. So much is given to people, helping people with, a, with a, um, you know, to get a leg up on, on their hurts and ministries. 
And this is a great way that we are addressing the needs of people in our community who are without or who have very little. That's a significant thing. The second area that we tried to address is the problem of addiction. Aren't those two of the greatest needs in our community, poverty and addiction? Some people would say, we need more things to do in our community. Well, we got plenty to do here too, but we're not just trying to do things, right? We're trying to address issues. And we, have, we offer ministry, Celebrate Recovery, to help people who are dealing with any life-controlling issue. It doesn't have to be addiction, although addiction is definitely addressed in that. But it also deals with other issues like anorexia, grief, depression, any number of things, uh, divorce, anything that you're dealing with that's life-controlling or life-altering, we can address that through this ministry. It's an amazing ministry and support group. meets on Monday nights here at the church, and uh, I'm so grateful for the people who lead that and who serve in that. So those are two significant ways that I believe directly address the needs of our community and help us address uh, the hurts of people and, and, and maybe to bring them to some healing there. See, we want to be the shepherds of our community. We want to assist them in overcoming whatever is challenging their life. And we want to partner with other churches, which we do in many things, and also other organizations are doing the same thing. And by the way, both of those ministries are always open, not only for you to join them, but also for you to volunteer in them. One of the ways that we can do, and when we serve in areas that directly help people, we get the blessing as well. Now, maybe some of those things that we're doing, hopefully, uh, are why you're attracted to the church. We want to encourage you to plug in and to serve in those areas. Now, let me just say this, that maybe you've been in a church a while. Maybe you've been in this church or another church long enough to become disillusioned or maybe discouraged or disappointed with the church because the church wasn't everything you thought it would be. You know, we talked about this last week, that we, we just can't be everything to everybody. No, no place realistically can be that. But maybe you've been hurt, and maybe you've been disillusioned by the church at some point. Maybe right now in your life you would have to say that spiritually you are stalled or dissatisfied. Because what I've found is when you get disillusioned by Christian people or by the church, that it does something to your spiritual life, you, you kind of stall out. And it's easy to blame somebody else. It's easy to try to, you know, project that onto the church or somebody who let you down. But the reality is that we're all human. And the reality is that one day we're going to stand before God and there's not going to be anybody between you and God to blame. It's going to be you and God, me and God. And so we got to grow up a little bit and to say, you know what, I am responsible for my walk with the Lord, my relationship. Other people got to deal with their own. They got to answer to God, but it's me and God I have to deal with. And what I've discovered is when we get to that place, we can stall out, we can be dissatisfied. It happens to all of us at certain times in our life, but it's time for us to get ourselves together, our head together, and realize that we have a God who loves us and a Lord who died for us. And so we need to make sure that we put our perspectives in the right place. But if you're stalled out and you're dissatisfied, you're probably putting very little effort into your faith. If you're disillusioned with people or with God, you're not investing at all. You're just blaming. You're, you're kind of stuck there. And you're probably less connected than you've been in the past. You're not serving. You're probably not in a group. Maybe you're disillusioned or disenchanted even with God at some times. Can I suggest a couple of ways to help get you back on your journey? These are some ways that other people have found that, they, they, that they've gotten moving again. One of them is to connect with God again through spiritual practices. Again, I go back to reading the Bible. 
There's nothing you can do that's more powerful than just sitting down and reading your Bible a, a few minutes a, a day or an hour if you could do that. But just a few minutes would be great. And spending time in prayer with God. Secondly, renew your commitment to attend church. Renew your commitment. We all need to understand we need the body of Christ. There is no perfect church. You know, I've never seen one in all of my life. I'm, I would ruin it if I walked into one. But there's no perfect church. But you need to find one and commit to it. You need to join a small group. Be a part of a group. Be a part of a people that you see on a regular basis that know you and love you and care about you individually. And when you don't show up, they want to know where you are and what's going on. That's important. We all need that. Start serving. Start serving somewhere. And you realize that when you're investing and giving to God, that you're the one that really gets the blessing. And then the last one is start giving. When you invest in God and his kingdom, you have much more interest in what's going on there. And by the way, all of those things I just mentioned are the challenges we made on the card before. So any one of those, choose one or all that will help get you started once again. The bottom line, it's up to us to get moving. I can't do it for you. I can encourage you. I can pray for you. You know, I can bug you, but I can't do it for you. God calls every one of us to take that responsibility, and I can't blame God if I don't or other people. I have to take responsibility. I love what Paul said in 2 Timothy 1, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. Maybe you're sitting there and you're going, I don't have much flame in me anymore. You know, everything I got is kind of burned down. I'm, I feel like a pile of ashes. You know what? And inside those ashes is the potential for fire. And if you breathe and allow God's word to breathe into your life, fire will come forth. God will bring about heat. He will bring about productivity and life in your lives. Now, guys, I want to challenge you to join us in this mission as we move people on a simple journey toward Jesus by leading them to love God, love people, and make disciples who make disciples. You know, I, I've talked to people and I've heard of people talking about having their own personal mission statement. And I have to admit, I've never been that motivated to do that. I don't have a life statement for myself to this point. But as I was thinking about this message and I was thinking about our mission and vision statement for our church, I thought, you know what? I think I just discovered what mine is. So here's what my challenge to you is. My challenge to you is you can steal it. I'll give you the freedom to do that. Why don't you make as your life mission statement to move on a simple journey toward Jesus and to move other people as well? I believe that makes perfect sense because the more sinner we become on Jesus Christ, the more we realize that's really what it's all about. We're going to have these peripheral things going on. We've got our job. We've got our family. You know, we got personal goals. But our most important thing, our mission in life should be to move toward Jesus and become more like him and be centered on Christ. And then how do we do that? Well, it's pretty simple. We love God and we love people and we make disciples who make disciples. If you want to challenge your life to be meaningful, significant, something that matters, make this your mission and your vision and join us in that. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never taken that first step toward Jesus. We'd love to have a conversation with you about that. I'll be down front. Tony will be here. Tony will be here in one-on-one -on -one class. Our staff or leaders, any of us would love to talk with you about taking your next step. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. God, would you put a big challenge in front of us for this year? God, we all, we all are successful in one way or another and we fail in others. 
But God, we don't need a little challenge. We need something big before us. And God, we, help us not to be afraid to step into something courageous, something big and bold. God, give us courage, give us motivation, give us your spirit to help us. You, you will never lead us to a place where you won't help us go and support us. So God, give us the boldness to do that. Give us vision and dream to accomplish your mission in this, in this world. God, we love you. We're so grateful for Jesus who died that we might have a relationship with you. Help us to get a, our head around how big and how awesome that is. And then God, let us join you on your mission. And God, make our lives meaningful. Make our lives matter. Make our life accomplish something, not only meaningful for us, but more importantly for you. God, we love you. We worship you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name.